Two days after my brother died, I was still in a fever. The Indians kept me tied to my horse. I was still in a fever and we were still on the Llano, and on the morning of the third day I saw something shining in the distance which I took to be a city, and as we got closer I saw it was floating in the air, a shining city on a hill, and I knew my mother had been right, that the heat or my fever or some hilarious Indian had killed me and I would soon be joining the rest of my family. I knew I ought to be happy, but I felt sadder than I'd ever been. When we got closer, I saw it wasn't a city at all. It was a box canyon, and it was still floating miles above us, as if a range of mountains had been carved out of the earth. There was a long, shining river and drifting herds of deer, and my mother had not been right at all. I was being taken by the Indians to their happy hunting ground, where I would remain their prisoner even in death. I had a dauncy spell but no one heard me over the wind. Soon after, we reached the thing itself. It was a proper canyon cut into the earth, but some mirage in the sky was reflecting it. It was even larger than the mirage made it look, a dozen miles across and a thousand feet deep, with fins and towers and hoodoos like observation posts, mesas and minor buttes, springs flowing brightly in the red rock. There were cottonwoods and hackberries, and the valley floor was thick with grass and wildflowers. We took an hour dropping into it, then made an early camp next to a clear stream. There was a skull with an enormous tusk all turned to stone and sticking out of the bank. I wondered what my brother would have made of it. The Indians were relaxed. For my own protection, I was kept tied to a tree, though the Germans were allowed to wander, and by her yellow hair I could see one sitting on a far butte. The Indians were not worried. There were wolf and grizzly and panther tracks everywhere, and it was no place to be playing a lone hand. A few deer were killed and a yearling buffalo. Wild potatoes and turnips and sweet onions were dug up, braided and roasted in the fire. The animals were carefully skinned. The meat filleted from the bones, coals raked out, and the big roasts placed on them. The bones were put in the fire, and when everything was ready, they were cracked and the marrow spread on the potatoes. There were handfuls of choke cherries for dessert and a lemonade made from sumac. Everyone was full as a tick, but finally the hump of the buffalo was dug out of the coals. It was dripping with fat and came apart in our fingers. It was the best I'd eaten since I'd left home, and at the thought of that I got dauncy again, and Nukad came over and slapped me. By sundown, the walls of the canyon looked to be on fire, and the clouds coming off the prairie were glowing like smoke in the light, as if this place were his forge, and the creator himself were still fashioning the earth. Erwat leaves tomorrow, Toshiwe said. When the others turned in, I was tied down for sleep as I'd been since my brother died, my arms and legs roped to separate stakes in the ground. Toshiwe put his buffalo robe over me. The stars were too bright to sleep. The Dipper, Pegasus, the Serpent and Dragon, Hercules. I watched them turn while meteors left smoking trails that stretched across the canyon. A few of the Indians had their way with the Germans. This time I tried not to listen. The next morning, the spoils of the raid 
Weapons, tools, equipment, horses, anything valuable, including the German girls and me, were set out and divided. The older girl went with Erlwatt's group, the younger girl and I with Doshaway's. The younger girl was crying as Erlwatt's group rode away with her cousin, and there was a patch of long, dark hair, my mother's, tied to the saddle of a horse in Erlwatt's band. Nukar came over and slapped me. I knew he was doing me a favor. After climbing back onto the Llano, we didn't see water all day. A few hours before sundown, we camped at a small playa lake sunk beneath the level of the grass. It was invisible from more than a hundred yards distance, and how the Indians had navigated to it I had no idea, as the plain was so flat and empty you could see the curve of the earth. Toshue and Nukar led the blonde girl and me to the far end of the lake, and after we washed ourselves, we lay on our bellies while they...